Hey there, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. Now, if you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review so your friends know that this is a show that they can learn from. Follow us on Instagram at DIY.money. Now, enjoy this episode. Welcome back. You're listening to another edition of DIY Money. DIY Money. What's up, Daniel? What are you drinking today? Oh, bringing in the coffee. Are oh, we? yes, not, I am. I'm going to resist the urge to look at it. <laughs> I'm going to look in the cup this time so you don't well, make fun of me. Yeah, because we have the YouTube video going now. I know. So it doesn't, wouldn't just be me making fun of you Everyone, staring at your cup as the, if you're looking at like comments a, below you know, will blow up with mocking oh, about yes, how I the stare at the below. cup. Coffee snob. Yeah, uh, went back to pretty basic. Um, what is it? Quills, Inkwell uh, blend this time. It's, it's one of the go-tos. You can make it up locally at a local grocery store. Uh, wait, I gotta sh- wait, whoa, 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 local. whoa, whoa. You went to a grocery store? <laughs> hey, man, whoa, whoa, whoa. You yeah, bought your beans from a grocery store? It's a, it's a fairly large name brand, whole food oh, seller, okay, if you will, okay, 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 okay. that sells local roasters. They got roast it, it they it. put it on their shelf. It's about a week roasted old. Okay. You, uh, you almost bad. had me there for a minute. I was thinking, no way did you just buy beans off the grocery store shelf. No, it's no. St- oh, you're still looking a little roaster. I love it. It's a good, um, but I got a shipment coming in um, from a uh, from a small roaster um, in the south, and I'm not going to reveal it because I'll reveal it on Instagram here soon. All right. So, but I got a sampler pack. I, coming I hope we're sponsored. In. By Super them. excited. Or did they send you that for? Uh, no, I paid for it, man. Uh, I paid for it. We don't sell out. Uh, we're we're gonna be doing some advertising. You drink okay. coffee constantly. I think that would be a natural. Okay, fit. we don't sell out yet. Yeah. <laughs> alert! Week. Alert! That's ninety seconds of bro talk. Moving on. We're moving on from the bro talk. Sorry. Um. All right. We got a good question today. Joe um asks a very interesting question that's on ironically a lot of people's minds. I will preface. Well, no, I'll preface afterwards. Uh, that's not a preface, then, is it? That's a whatever. A postus. <laughs> Epilogue. <laughs> Let's just hit the question. Joe, what do you got? D-I-Y! Hello, guys. This is Joe from Tokyo. My question pertains to the partial or full collapse of the U.S. dollar in the near future. Can you discuss alternate investment strategies, some of the pros and cons for inverse ETFs, private mortgages, and investing in gold and silver, and how one could go about that? Thank you. Okay, um, this question is loaded with a lot of stuff, and I'm going to start today. What? Uh, yeah. Hey, man, whoa, I'm going to start whoa, today because I just want to get some academic stuff out of the way, um, and I want to preface my answer with a couple of things. Um, first of all, did he say he's from Tokyo? Yep. Okay, so interesting. Uh, that'd be the yen, uh, right, in, in Japan. Well, I think he... It sounds like he has ties to the U.S. Well, for sure, but I'm just, I just think that's interesting. In that, some way, shape, or form, maybe getting paid in U.S. dollars. Um, possibly, yeah, uh, or has to do it very quickly converting. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But that leads me to, um, well, let me preface. I've been in the business 20 years. Um, I have heard that we are on the verge of an absolute dollar collapse daily for 20 years. I, I mean, it has been... And there have been moments, 08 and 09, that that looks like potential, all right? Now, what our audience has to understand, Joe may already understand this, he may not. I don't know. Dollar price is not quoted as a standalone price. So, for example, if I were to tell you Apple 
is trading at $100 a share. The only way you would know that was a positive or negative is if you could look at the price of Apple versus the price of Apple six months or a year before. So if I told you Apple's trading at $100 a share and six months before it was at 50, you'd say, wow, that's up 100%. It's pretty good. If I told you it's $100 a share, but six months before it was $200 a share, then you would say, wow, that's really bad. So you need two points of reference to understand Apple's price in relation to whether that price is a positive or negative from where it was. Apples okay. to apples, if you... <laughs> okay, this is why I don't go first. Uh, <laughs> all right, the, the reality is currencies are not priced that way. They are priced against another currency. Primarily, when you hear about the general price of the dollar, it's actually priced against a basket of currencies that are, are done in a hierarchical of size. Typically, not typically, right now, it would be the euro, followed by the yen, and followed by a slew of others. Now, a lot of times people say, well, yeah, we're going we're gonna to collapse and, and the Chinese yuan is going to, to soar. Well, okay, not entirely possible because the Chinese yuan is basically pegged to the U.S. dollar. Now, they've allowed that to start floating. I don't want to go down that road, but I know some people listening are going, no, Quint, that's not entirely true. My point is this. Every time I hear somebody say the United States dollar is going to absolutely collapse or it's pending collapse or what happens when it collapses, my natural question is the following. Against what currency? Because if you're telling me that the U.S. dollar is going to collapse and the largest currency that's next in line is the euro, what you're saying is the euro is going to soar. What you're also then inferring, and again, I'm making a leap here. It's a little more detailed than we talk about normally. But what you're inferring is, is that the euro, that the eurozone, that is that is using the euro, is in better economic shape than the United States, and it's not even close. It's not even close. So again, you have to understand. I'm going to leave it here, but you have to understand the academics behind the idea of a true dollar collapse. He referenced in his email um, the Zimbabwe currency. Well, again, that on the grand scale of currencies, that is nothing. There, mm. There's nothing. I mean, it's it's literally a speck. So it could collapse. The reality is the dollar to collapse, you would have global calamity. And I'm going to tell you that if that happens, you're not thinking about where you're putting your 401k or where you're putting your, your cash. You're thinking about, oh my goodness, I need to survive next week and buy bread. Now, I will answer the question specifically. If it happens, gold would soar, okay? And it is moving. And Real assets. Real assets, tangible assets would soar. And for the first time really in history, we have a non-currency backed or non-currency tied instrument the cryptocurrency world. And a lot of people, and I'm not saying this rightfully so, and in full disclosure, I actually own some Bitcoin and I started to buy some recently um and it's up which is nice but uh in full disclosure the the that is a a method by which people who believe this and subscribe to this are now parking uh dollars or wealth to try and protect that so again i'm i just i'm gonna go to you for more of your <laughs> to answer him specifically but i don't like this this even this this argument because it's it's rooted in 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 so many other things that people are not aware of joe might be and he might have a rational 
rational explanation for this, but most people do not. So there you go. What do you got, Daniel? Sure. So if the dollar collapses in theory, then anything that is relatively priced to the dollar would increase. So that includes gold. That includes Bitcoin. These things are quoted and priced relative to the dollar, at least if if you're residing in the U.S. and looking at U.S. markets. That could be land. That could be eggs. That could be fuel, uh, clothes. Everything you buy relative to the dollar uh you know, would soar in price, right? Massive inflation. Now, why did that happen in in Zimbabwe and why has it happened in other countries? A lot of times it comes down to the fact that those countries, in effect, didn't really have any master control over their own currency. Uh, so just, a, you know, a little bit of background, most emerging markets price a lot of their debt in dollars or other um, countries' currencies to be able to sell that, which then makes them beholden to other countries, which means when they run into financial difficulties or there's a big difference between their economy and the master economy that they're writing debt in, they now have to print more money. You get into that cycle and it eventually implodes their economy. The difference in the U.S. and first world economies like the Eurozone, the U.S., etc., is is we have the ability to basically print our own currency, our debt is in our own currency, and our taxpayers pay money in our own currency. So there creates a demand for the U.S. dollar that we don't always see in emerging markets, where actually the demand is often for U.S. dollars or euros. A lot of those countries um, is what sort of even the citizens there are clamoring for. Now, practically speaking, what to do in a portfolio. What that means is that your portfolio... Uh, whether it's concern about the dollar, uh, whether it's concern about higher taxes, whether any of these things should be a well-diversified portfolio. You should own uh, international uh, developed markets. You should own emerging markets. You should own gold. And I'm not telling you you specifically should own gold and this is what percentage you own it. But broadly speaking, if you're going to diversify a portfolio, I would own and I do own real estate, uh, not just U.S. real estate, but global real estate via uh, index traded products like mutual funds and ETFs. I own gold, a gold traded ETF because it's not stocks. It's not correlated. Um, own international and emerging markets. They might have stunk for the last I don't eight years now. Um, but if something like this were to happen, okay, think about this for a minute. If something like this were to happen, the dollar were to collapse, emerging markets owe their debt in U.S. dollars. Now, all of a sudden, they become fantastic because the amount that they have to pay via U.S. dollars as the dollar collapses less, their markets can take off. So this is why you diversify across different assets. Those assets don't move at all the same speed, the same rate. They're not all up together, but that is the point. A well-diversified portfolio is going to have something zig while others zag. The basic long-term rate of that is going to be somewhat predictable. Uh, we can forecast based upon the past. There's no guarantee of future results. Take all the disclaimers you want, but th there's some forecasting we can do. And as you add some more diversity into that portfolio without getting too exotic, uh, you, you know, don't, there's commodity funds and Bitcoin funds and funds that own futures and VIX and random things that, you know, have the high potential to blow up. But if you keep it plain vanilla and across, invest across various different established asset classes with a well uh, sort of backtracked history, you're going to do well and you're going to diversify a lot of this risk out of your portfolio. Was that basically kind of cover the bases there? That boy is good. Yes. What, what didn't I cover? No, I don't know, but I'm going to keep going. Um, a lot of times people ask this question and have this view 
and it correlates into a skepticism and fear and lack of participation in the equity markets in the United States. And typically, those are the people who have missed out on the most incredible um, bull market run since the bottom in 2009, when the Dow Jones Industrial Average printed 6,600. We are now about to print 30,000 on the Dow. So if you are of the mindset that at any moment in time we're going to see a 50% correction, that 30,000 goes to 15. That's still over 100% higher than where we were at the bottom of 2009. You have to, I think, ultimately look and say, okay, can I really buy into the system of the markets? You might say they're rigged. Guess what? Newsflash, they've been rigged since the Depression and the in the uh, creation of the Federal Reserve. The Federal Reserve's goal is to rig markets. So you can either buy into that system or not. Um, but holding on to a lot of people who hold on to this idea that we're on the verge of collapse, it, it, it is it is it hasn't happened. I, I don't believe it will happen. Is it possible? Sure. It, it, anything's possible. Um, but you miss out on a lot of opportunities along the way. All right, we got to wrap it up there. Uh, great question. The secret to wealth is very simple. Live on less than you make, invest the rest and do so for a very long time. Make it a great one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the show. If you want content delivered to you regularly, be sure to follow us on Instagram at DIY.money. And if you want your question aired on the show, be sure to send that to us and you'll get a $25 Amazon gift card. This show is for entertainment and educational purposes only and is not intended as personal financial advice. Before making any financial decision, please do your homework and consult a financial advisor as needed.